Hey, friends, how are you? Good, awesome. Hey, so you guys who are here in person, let's, like, let's shout out to our online church. Let them know we're glad they're with us this weekend. If I have not met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it is really good to be with you. Thanks for being here. You made it to the weekend. This is a great place to either end your week, however you see it, start the next one. Really glad to be with you. And for those of you guys who are guests, if you haven't done it yet, we'd love to know you're here. Uh, those of you in person, there's that QR code in the seat back in front of you, or you can stop at the welcome desk on the way out and let us know you're here. If you're worshiping with us online, uh, you can click the connect button or the, the let the service host know there, and they will get your information to us. We'd love to connect you with the people of Christ Community Church. And so uh, if you do that for us, we would sure love to know that. So I'm excited to be with you this weekend. I'm loving this fall series that we are that we're in. Um, so my kids are grown. This little story that happened that is actually relevant to you guys. So you might start sometimes with something that doesn't make any difference to you, but today it's relevant for you. So um, my kids are all together and they FaceTime me and Marie, my wife's actually with them and they're in Oklahoma and Texas. They, so they all gathered and uh, Marie's with them. And so they FaceTime me in and one of my kids said, so what are you, what are you speaking about this weekend, dad? Which is like, you know, you've got grown up kids when they're asking you about you. It's awesome. Um, and so I gave her like a 30 second summary of what I'm gonna talk with you about and she said, you're giving them the good stuff. So like you're, you're about to get the good stuff. So whatever that means. Um, no, this is, this is good and I'm really excited. This is stuff that's been really helpful to me in my life and I know it'll be helpful for you in your life too. So, so we're in this series that we've called Crosswalk and we're working our way really through a new way of thinking about our spiritual life. And so if you'd let me just kind of review these things with you, those of you who have been with us every weekend, hopefully you're getting to the point where you could explain this to somebody else. Those of you who maybe only been with us once or twice, this will orient you to the things that we're talking about. And um, again, if you know where we're coming from, this is the good stuff. So, so we believe, and Pastor Greg mentioned it a few minutes ago, we believe that God is always moving towards you. He is, he's always moving towards you. And that's really good news. Because no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you're feeling about things, God is moving towards you. And he has good things for you. He's making an offer to you. And, and the first offer that he makes to you is Jesus. He has given his son for you so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have eternal life. And we call that the gospel, it's good news. And so he is moving towards you and making you this offer of, of a relationship with him, life with him. And we, as we say yes to that relationship, we have what we would call faith story. So if you see on that graphic there, how just follow the, the arrows there that God moves towards us in the gospel and as we internalize that, as we say yes to that, we now have a faith story, but God doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop moving towards us there. And again, that's, that's good news, that, that he does not stop moving towards us. This isn't just a transaction where you check a box and we all walk away from each other. He is in relationship with you and he continues to initiate with you. And he initiates with you in his written word, what we would call the Bible. And he also initiates with you and moves towards you in prayer. When, when you bow your head to pray or bow your knee to pray, however you do it, the God of the universe focuses on you. He, he gives you his full attention. And that is a remarkable thing, that this, this God who is over and above comes near to us and gives us his attention. And so as, as we recognize that he's moving towards us, and, and is making offers to us, we're saying yes to him, we begin to, we receive what he's giving to us, then, then we can respond in ways that are, that are right and appropriate. And so, so one of the first ways we respond to God as he moves towards us, we're always responding to him in faith, we respond through prayer. And we define prayer as talking with our heavenly father. And so we have this great privilege to be able to, to talk with him and we listen to him and we talk with him in prayer. We respond in obedience because we, we engage with him, we engage through prayer, his word, there's things about our lives that he wants to see different, some things that he wants us to do. 
And our yes, we're just a yes to him. And so, so we respond through obedience and, and ultimately we're responding to him through in worship, in worship. And we talked about that last week. If you weren't here last week, and I would just really encourage you to go back to the website and, and pick up that message to talk about what does it look like to be a worshiper, to be somebody who has a joyful response to who God is and what he's doing in our lives. And so we have this, we have this vertical relationship with God. And, and he comes near to us and we draw near to him and he gives us what we need and we're giving him what he deserves. And as we have this vertical relationship with God and receive from him, we also get the privilege of living life in horizontal relationships with other people. And so I wanna start, like this weekend, we're starting to talk about those horizontal relationships. And so the first relationships I wanna talk with you about are the side where it says love each other on that, on that cross there. And you're seeing as the arrow goes, that arrow is moving out of your faith story. This is not just something you can conjure up on your own, the things we're gonna talk about today. This is not something that you can do by yourself. This is something that God gets, he gives to you and you receive and you say yes to this and we get to walk in some things. And so I wanna talk with you about three things really that we as a church will be emphasizing about what it means and what it looks like to love each other. So I'm gonna give you these three things and then um, we're gonna, there's a great story that we're gonna tell you today, show you on video screen, and uh, that really personifies these three things, and uh, we'll pray together and we'll be done. So let me, let me start with this first thing that when we think about loving each other, the first thing that we're gonna be talking about and, and pursuing together is having healthy interpersonal relationships. Have healthy interpersonal relationships. And I don't know if you've thought about this before, but your heavenly Father, the Lord your God, wants you to have healthy relationships in, in, your, in your most close, your closest personal relationships. So if you're a married person with your spouse, if you've got kids with your kids, if, if you're in relation, like your best friends, with, when you start thinking about that circle that is tightest, closest to you, the Lord wants you to have healthy relationships. So there's Bible verse, there, there are a number of them, and I'm gonna point you to some of them a little bit later when I ask you our group questions, but there's this one just for our time together today. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, there's this statement to, to God's people about how we live in relationship with each other, and the scripture says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So what I love about that little statement there is what God wants for you, what he'd like to give to you in your closest relationships because you know, live at peace with everyone. Everyone starts with the people who are closest to you. So live at peace with everyone. What God would like you to have, to experience, to enjoy in your life, the, word that, like the, big, the big word that he would write over that is peace. Now just, just think about that for a second. Just think with me what that could be like if your closest personal relationships, again, those of you who are married with your spouse, those of you who have kids with your children, or with you, those of you who are kids with your parents, whether they're grown, whether you're grown or not. I mean, just, or, or your, like that tightest circle, your, your best friends, just think if, if the word that God would write over those relationships is peace, how different your life could be. If, if you received from him this gift of peace that he wants to give you so that, so that his kind of peace flows into your life and those relationships. Now when we use that word peace, I don't know what comes to your mind. There, there's several different things we could be thinking about. So I just wanna kinda orient you to the Bible's version of peace. So these words that we just read, they were written by a guy, we know him as the Apostle Paul. He's probably, one, probably the most famous Christian who's ever lived. He's writing these words about, I don't know, 60 AD, so 30 years after Jesus died, somewhere around there. And he's writing in the ancient language of Greek. But he was a scholar, so he... He spoke like Aramaic and Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, but he could write in these other languages, communicate in them. And in his mind, in that ancient Hebrew mind, when the word peace is used, 
what the original author of this letter was thinking about, he was really thinking about the Jewish term shalom. So if you're Jewish, you know that word, or if you have Jewish friends, you've been greeted. The word shalom, it's, it's, we would translate that into English as peace. And, and what shalom means, it doesn't mean just like, you know, peace. Um, although, like, that's all right, if you, peace. It, it's not just like, hey, we're not fighting anymore. Shalom is about wholeness and health, in a, particularly in a relationship. It's about the security and safety that are present in a relationship when everything is, is whole and healthy. It's about well-being, you know, that, that that relationship is life-giving and it's, it's a place not of turmoil and frustration, but a place of rest. And, and so we are, we are told as Christian people that as, as much as it is up to us, to be living in peace with, with everybody, and everybody starts with those who are closest to us. And so, so what comes to my mind in that is like, how? Right? How, if, if I'm supposed to live at least as much as, as I've got, as much as I can bring to the relationship to, to have this kind of peace, and how am I gonna do that? And this is the great news, because the real answer to this is, well, by yourself, you can't. Like if, you're, if you're on your own and you're just trying to figure this out and you're trying to do this yourself, good luck. And, and let us know when you're, when you're so tired of that and you just can't do that anymore because you don't have what it takes. But God, he does. This kind of, this kind of peace is available to you through Jesus. The Bible, the Bible talks about you and I, we have peace with God through Jesus. We have peace with God because of Jesus. That's, that's the whole reason Jesus came to earth. He came to earth and took on human flesh. He is, he is God, he's God the Son, and he came here and lived among us, took on human flesh, he walked in our shoes, he ultimately died on a cross. Not, not for his own sins, but for my sins and for your sins because we were at odds with God. We declared our independence from him. We did not, there was no peace in our relationship with God because of our decision. We'd walked away from him. And Jesus came and he paid the penalty for our sin. The Bible says the penalty, the wages of sin is death. And so he came and entered into death on your behalf and on my behalf. And then he rose again from the dead so that you and I could experience life. And, and it is by God's grace and through faith in Jesus saying yes to him that you and I can be at peace with God. And then when we're at peace with God, this peace that Jesus makes between us and God, the Bible also tells us in our relationships with each other, he is our peace. So, so peace isn't just this concept or this idea or this set of principles that if we apply them, we could, it's not a destination. Peace in relationship is a person. And so this, it's this relationship with Jesus and it's through Jesus that you and I can have peace in our personal relationships. I was reading about some of this stuff this week in prep for our time together, and I read a stanza from this poem titled Outwitted by a guy named Edwin Markham. Listen to this. Now, this is about personal relationship. He drew a circle that shut me out. Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had a wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. And... What Jesus did for you and what he's done for me is we drew the circle that shut him out. We did, we drew the circle that shut him out and he drew the circle that took us in. And it's that, it's saying yes to being taken in by him, which then gives you what 
you need in order to draw the circle that brings others in. Now, going back to this idea of as much as it lies with you, live at peace with everyone. And everyone starts with your closest relationships. It takes two to live at peace. And I'm really grateful that the scripture acknowledges that that you can't make decisions for how somebody else chooses to behave towards you. And so there's this other beautiful thing that God does for his people who are as much as they, as much as they've got bringing peace into a relationship, you may not be able to experience peace because of somebody else's decisions, but God will grant you peace because you're walking in his path. And so, so God does not want you and he does not want me to live in turmoil with wrecked personal relationships, with difficult close relationships, with you know, just nastiness behind us in our way. He doesn't want us to have to fight through all the junk that comes in strained relationships. He offers us peace to be able to live in relationship with one another. And so we wanna be the kind of church that says yes to, to what God has for us in our closest relationships. We're gonna, we're gonna pursue peace with one another by receiving this peace that God has, like that we have with God through Jesus. We're gonna keep receiving that and, and keep drawing that circle, including the people in and letting God minister his peace into our life and into the lives of those relationships. So healthy relationships, these are really important. They're the first thing. There's a lot more to say about that, but we're just kind of skimming the surface of these top three things in loving each other. So the first one is healthy relationships. Second thing that we need to talk about as we think about you know, days ahead and loving each other well is biblical community. All right, so those are, you, you know what the Bible is. Community is this word that gets kicked around a lot in a lot of different places. It's, you know, the neighborhood we live in, it's the city we live in. I, when I use the word community, I'm usually talking about Greater Rochester, that's our community. But there's a unique kind of community that exists amongst the people of God. And it is a, it is a knitting together of our hearts for receiving what God wants to give to us and giving to each other and ultimately giving outside. So it's, a, it's relationships, life-giving Christian relationships. And, and we're gonna be people who pursue that. So I love this next little verse I wanna share with you. It's in Galatians chapter six, verse two. And again, it's just a statement, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. To me, that's a, that's a great picture of what this idea of biblical community is all about. It's a, about carrying each other's burdens. And here's some things that come to mind for me when I, when I think about that. Because you know, my mind initially goes to, if somebody's in crisis, then we rush to their aid. And that's true. But that's not all this is. It's, it, it's bigger than this. And so, you know, our personal relationships, if the, our interpersonal, those, those closest ones, if the word we would write over that and that God would write over that is peace, the word that we should write over this idea of biblical community about these life-giving relationships that we have with each other, I, I think that word is grace. It's about grace. Because this is what God is, <laughs> he is always, he's always ministering grace to us. We need, we need it. And we always need his grace. None of us ever have it figured out. None of us ever, none of us ever have, <laughs> we need grace. And, and we need grace that comes from God and as he ministers his grace to us, that gives us the ability to minister grace to each other. Because not only do we need grace this way, we need grace with this way. And, and when you think about healthy biblical community, what we need is we need places where we can be transparent and vulnerable. 
And I don't know how that makes you feel. Sometimes that makes me feel a little uh, inside because transparency and vulnerability often lead to pain. A number of times in my life I've experienced it. I've been shared something with someone and it comes back to bite me at some point. It gets out, didn't want it to get out, it gets out or it gets used against me at some future point. Like we've all had experiences like that and yet we've also had experiences of grace where we've been able to be transparent and vulnerable with others and they have been ministers of God's grace to us. And so we pursue these relationships that, that are grace-based relationships where we can carry each other's burdens. And, and what comes to mind for me when we talk about carrying each other's burdens I think about a place where I can be transparent, I can be vulnerable, and I know that I'm safe. I think about being with a group of people who I am sure know me, warts and all, and have decided and chosen to not only love me, but accept me, to welcome me in and to, just as I am, to meet me right where I am, but to lovingly expect me to grow. Because grace, it just says, hey, you're, you're great just the way you are. That's, that's not really grace because it doesn't include any truth. We're all broken. And God gives us opportunities to receive healing from him. And we're all stuck in some places. And God gives us opportunities to move forward. And, and we're all, like we've got a blind eye turned to God in different ways. And, and we need people around us who will show us that and expect us to move towards God's best for our lives, and so thinking about biblical community, if I were gonna ask you these questions, I would ask you, like, hey, tell me, tell me about your, your friendships, your Christian friendships, where you can be who you really are, right? Where you, can, you could tell somebody your struggles, you could tell them what you're celebrating, you could tell them what you're thinking right now, you could tell them what you're frustrated by, where you could tell these things to them and you're not gonna be judged and you're not gonna be condemned, you're gonna be listened to and embraced for where you are. And if you are getting ready to head off track, somebody who loves you enough not only to listen to you and meet you where you are, but somebody who also is very willing to get in front of you so that you can't get off the path with ease. One of the ways that I say it when I'm with other guys is like you, you need somebody who has your back when you need it and you need somebody who's gonna get in your front when you need it. Like just somebody who's not afraid to grab your shirt and coach you up if you need to be coached up. But all that happens in love. And it is, it is a bearing of each other's burdens, not just, not just like this is really painful or something bad has really happened, but we all carry a load in life and we need somebody to come alongside and to help us and to have those kinds of relationships means that we have to receive grace that God is giving to us and we have to live in that grace. We stand in that grace we talked about in the last couple of weeks. We, we need to stand in his grace, let that flow into our lives so that it can flow out of us into the lives of other people. And, and if you have not experienced this kind of friendship, you've missed to this point. And, and those of you who have experienced it and are experiencing it, you know with me that this is, this is a gift from God that is for our good. And it is, it is how, one of the ways that he ministers his grace to us. And so, so we have this incredible privilege of being in relationships where we get to carry each other's burdens. Okay, so if you've been around church before, you know this is at the point where whoever's talking starts to sell you on getting into a small group, right? So... Uh, Yes, you totally should. But I wanna, I wanna, if you're not in a small group, I'm gonna point you that direction, but I also, if you're in one, if you're in a life group or if you're in a study of some kind, if you're in a, if you're in a circle of Christian friends, let me, let me contrast for you what community, biblical community, let me contrast that with something that I would call Bible study friends. So Bible study friends, you see each other 
if your Bible study meets every week, you see each other every week, but most Bible studies meet every couple of weeks or you make it every couple of weeks. So you see each other every couple of weeks. And when you see each other, you're glad to see each other and you know each other's names and you might know some things about them. And when you have you know, your Bible discussion, the discussion is good. And if you happen to share prayer requests, during that prayer request time, the prayer requests are pretty surfacey, maybe to medium, and some of them get prayed for at the end. And then when you leave, nobody really thinks about each other again until the next time you see each other. And those kind of friendships are fine. Those are, those are good friendships to have in your life. But if that's, if that's the extent of the depth of your Christian friendships, you're missing. You're missing something that God wants to give you through his people. And so if, if you're sitting here and you're like, I have no clue where I would find community, biblical community, our, our life group, those are a great place to start. And, and those of you who are in what sounds more like that Bible study group, that Bible study friendships, I would encourage you, challenge you a little bit to to maybe look at each other and say, hey, I think we're closer to the Bible study thing than we are to the community thing. How about if we start making some progress to vulnerability, authenticity, transparency, relationships that are grace, where we're actually carrying each other's burdens, not just in the moments that we're together, but we're carrying each other's burdens through the week. So when you have this, in your, this is a, this kind of grace in your life to have Christian people who will look at you and say yes to you right where you are and believe God's best in you and God's best for you and, and walk with you and call you towards God's best. Awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. We're gonna be the kind of church that prioritizes those kind of relationships, prizes them, pursues them together because like, this is something that God wants to give to us for our good for our goods, we wanna say yes to this. So, so that's the second thing, is those, so we've got our personal relationships, peace, biblical community, grace, and then this third one, I don't know if you were with us last week, the third one felt kinda of like a left turn, so this week third one feels a little bit like a left turn also. But in loving each other, there's this third thing called spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are read you a couple verses here in just a moment, but spiritual gifts are something God has given to you to be shared with other Christian people. So this is, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have spiritual gift or spiritual gifts, and God has given that to you. It's a gift for you, but it's not just for you. It's a gift to be shared with Christian people who are around you. And so this, this little verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven, says, now to each one, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So each one, if you're a believer in Jesus, so if you're not a believer in Jesus, this doesn't apply to you in this moment. But for a believer in Jesus, God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And there are unique ways he makes himself known through you for the good of other Christian people, for the good of the church, and what we do for each other, and what we collectively do in the world. So to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good, so you have this gift from God that is to be used in your church, in your church. And I don't know if you've thought about that very often. If you just come here and don't think you really have anything to offer, but the truth of the matter is, God has given you something for the good of your church family. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. It's faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So you have a gift that God has given to you and if you have been given a gift by God, you should use it. You should use whatever it is to serve other people stewarding and ministering this grace of God that he has 
Like that he would give you a gift and let you participate and be part of the things that he's doing, that he would do that for me. Like, that's an amazing thing. And that we, each one of us gets to use that for, for everybody's good. So it leads to the question of like, okay, so help me know this gift, right? So I don't have time for that today. Um, you're grown up, she can figure this out, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. You guys don't, didn't laugh at all. That, okay, <laughs> now you laugh when I ask for it. That is pathetic on my part. <laughs> so there are four chapters in the New Testament that talk about these spiritual gifts, if you're a believer in Jesus, and they, there's some lists there. So Romans chapter 12 is one of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is another. So you get two chapter 12s, Romans and 1 Corinthians. And then Ephesians chapter four talks about them. And 1 Peter chapter four. So two chapter 12s, two chapter fours. So you just read through there, kind of process that stuff a little bit. I would tell you that there are three broad categories, spiritual gifts. This might help you begin to at least think in terms of what your category might be. And the first one is there are helping gifts. So these are people who like to help. So if you need, if, you know, and usually it's in kind of hands-on sorts of things. So helping people, like if, if there's gonna be a big mail out, helping people, would be really excited to get, to get to come help their church do a big mail out. Or if we're gonna have a meal of some sort, to come help get ready for that meal. To, and so a lot of helping people are, are behind the scenes kinds of people that, or you know, all the way up to if there's some strategic planning efforts going on and that, like they wanna help. They have that skill set and that knowledge base and wanna help in that to come alongside and help do things sort of in a behind the scenes way. Helping people like to help. Second one, these are supporting gifts. That sounds, that sounds a little bit similar, but here's the difference. Helping, helping gifts are helping do stuff usually. Supporting gifts are, are supporting people. So these are, these are people who just turns their crank to be able to come alongside another person who might, be, who might be struggling or who might be in need in some way and to just to come alongside of them. And, and some people who are supporters, like they're just, they're just really good at sitting in whatever the mess happens to be. When somebody needs support, usually there's a mess in a little chunk of their life somewhere. And supporters are, some supporters are really good at coming alongside and just sitting in the mess to make sure that you're not sitting in the mess alone. And those of you who, you know, like if that's you, you know I'm talking to you because for whatever reason, you just, you feel satisfied and you feel God's pleasure when you sit in the mess with people and love them in Jesus' name and remind them that there's a faithful God who's gonna see him through this thing. And some people who are supporters they're good at the mess, but they also are good at like helping find a way out and walking slowly and two steps forward and one step back and moving, moving with people as they get through the mess that whatever that little mess is in their, or big mess is in their life. And so, so there's these three broad categories that they're being equipping and that's people who, like they're good at helping other people be better at what God's gifted them to do. So there's this group of people that God has said, okay, so there's people who, there's people who help do stuff and there's helping people with support and there's people who help all that get better. And so it's kind of supporting the supporters. And so it's this beautiful thing. You think about how God has worked it all out so that his people are loving, serving, encouraging, helping, ministering his life and his grace to each other. Now I wanna say this to you. Most of us spend, we spend time in our lives feeling unfulfilled, like there's gotta be more. And we look a lot of places to, to scratch that itch. What I would suggest to you, this is true from the scriptures, I've experienced it in my life, what I would suggest to you for your consideration is that lack of fulfillment 
in your life, like you're not achieving, you're not living up to your full potential, you're not living out, however you wanna say that, you're not gonna feel fulfilled until you're exercising your spiritual gifts. If you're a Christian person, you're not, you're not gonna find that in work performance, you're not gonna find it in academic performance, you're not gonna find it in athletic performance, you're not gonna find it in another relationship, you're not gonna find it by starting a side hustle, you're just not gonna find it in all those places we look for it. You're not gonna find it in a person. That, that fulfillment comes when you begin to exercise your spiritual gifts. So I've given you these three broad categories. I'll also tell you, um, I sent you an email this week, those of you guys who are on the, on the database mailing list. If you didn't open it, you don't know this, so you know, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. But I sent it on Wednesday if you need to go back and look. I gave you a link in there. We actually, we have a little spiritual gift inventory that's connected to our church database. And it's a great little tool for you to go through to ask you some questions that take you, I don't know, 10 to 20 minutes to go through it. And it'll ask you some questions about what you like, what you, what you think, what you've done, what you've tried, where you've felt God's pleasure in the past, where you've seen fruit, success, and, and help you identify what your spiritual gifts might be. And then as you begin to identify that kind of stuff, you get to, you get to bring those gifted, you get to bring your giftedness to the needs that are here at church. And it's a cool thing when you get to bring who God's made you to be to bear on your church family. There's, there's life and health and joy and fulfillment for all of us in that. And, and so these, these spiritual gifts things, like you have it, you should use it for you and for us. And so as, as we move forward as a church, I think it'd be awesome if in conversations we'd be able to say, hey, do you know what your spiritual gifts are? And for you to know what your spiritual gifts are, and if somebody said, how are you using those? For you to be able to say, oh, this is, this is where I serve, this is the group of people that I'm you know, pouring into or that walking alongside or whatever it is. Like, to be able to know the answers to those questions as we move forward, you learn them in a test and then you figure out the real answer as you experience things. Be awesome. And, and as, we, as we as a church receive God's peace and are able to draw bigger circles and minister peace in relationships and as we receive his grace and minister his grace to each other, safe, transparent, authentic, vulnerable, life-giving Christian friendships and then these gifts that he's given to us, we activate those gifts by his spirit and we'll have an amazing experience together. We'll have an amazing experience together. Love, hope, peace, impact, meaning, purpose. God has these things for you, for me. So I wanna show you an interview. This is a story of a lady in our church who is receiving God's peace in a difficult relationship, who has found and is the kind of friend that we've been talking about and who is ministering in her giftedness to our church family, and she is making all the difference. So this is Diana Gagnon, if you'd watch her story. I'm Diana Gagnon, I'm from Rochester, Minnesota, and I lead divorce care at Christ Community Church. I love to play the piano, and I love to bake, and I love to cook. I, I like to crochet, I like to read, I love taking walks. I love teaching piano. I've been doing that since I was 16, and I love it to this day. I like making the relationships with the kids. I like walking down the street and having the kids say, Hey, Miss Diana, and then hear them tell their friends, that's my piano teacher. I was raised in Kilcock, Iowa, on a farm with my half-brother who was 10 years older than me. I attended Southeast Iowa Area Community College, and I have an associate's degree in music education. 
Four days after I got that degree, I married my high school sweetheart. It was during the Vietnam era, and he enlisted in the Air Force. So we moved around quite a bit during those Air Force years, but when he was um, out, he got a job at Sperry Univac in St. Paul. So we moved to the Twin Cities. There we raised our two children, and we were very active in a small church, Apple Valley Baptist. Um, eventually, we were blessed with eight grandchildren, and I now have also a great-granddaughter. In 2012, um, my husband came home from a trip, and he told me that he had met somebody else and that he would like a divorce. That next year, 2013, was one of the hardest ones of my life, I think. It was hard on my kids. It was hard on my grandkids, and um, we had had a good marriage. He had been a good dad and a good grandfather, so this was kind of a surprise um, to all of us. In 2020, I started feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit that I really needed to get involved in divorce care again. At that time, the current leader had decided to step away for another ministry, so it was a good time for me to step in as, as the leader. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes and the facilitators that work with me are just fantastic. I couldn't do it without help. It's just, it's not my ministry, it's really the Lord's ministry. One of our facilitators, um, Bob Barlow, came to Divorce Care as a participant. I think he attended three sessions without saying a word. He was so broken from his divorce. But he has really blessed us um, coming alongside as a facilitator, telling his story willingly. I, I was very, very uh, shy and withdrawn, uh, you know, so raw and hurt when I came in here. And I never communicated for three sessions, I don't think. I just, I came here. She, she saw that, you know, I was real, you know, struggling and, and you know, she just, talked to me a little bit, loosened me up, and then uh, got me more involved in the, the group. And, and then once, like I said, once I opened up, the, it just started the healing flow. And it just happened. And, and she, was, she was one of my main facilitators. So yeah, she had a, a big part in getting me to uh, open up and, and deal with, accept what was going on. Kudos to Diana for, um, we almost lost the divorce care because it is so demanding to be the lead facilitator. And I, I, I don't know, you know, I could handle it. You know, there's just, there's a lot to it. She, she grabbed the reins of it. And it's just amazing to see this group already bonding because of her, her facilitation, her leadership and the way she wants every you know wants us to help facilitate so yeah i just follow her lead and and it's cool it, it it's a great thing as we show love to other people they can see god's love through flowing through us that's what some of the participants at divorce care see and they've told us that that they can see god's love in the facilitators and the way we relate to them there are times when I come home from divorce care that I wonder if I've actually helped anyone or resonated with um, anyone's story. But the Holy Spirit keeps giving encouragement in the form of a positive comment or perhaps an email that keeps me um, committed and involved with this ministry. If I could, I would put my arms around all of these folks and just say, it is going to be okay. But the best thing I think is to watch um, the participants change from the first session to the 13th session when we are joking around and laughing and you start to see them enjoying life again. And that's been a real blessing for me.
song is the prayer of your heart today, making yourself available to receive what God wants to give you of his, his peace through Jesus, his grace. If you want to talk with somebody about that, you could let us know on one of those little cards. You could let your online service host know. We'd love to walk with you through some of that kind of stuff. So I owe you guys um, questions. It's one of the things we're doing in this series is we are asking and talking about the same thing in our small groups. And some of you I know are doing this around a dinner table with your kids. So I've got four questions for you. Well, some of them are multi-part, so I don't know how many questions this really is. But first question, I'm from a sermon, the daily devotional. What have you found interesting, challenging, or helpful? So just as much as it as you've read this week, listen to this. Um, what's, what are you thinking about? What are you working on there? Um, when you think about shalom and your personal relationships, what kind of qualities come to mind? Talked about that for a little bit, but for you to think about that, and then your experience, what does it take to have these qualities in your relationships and what happens when they're lacking? So just you know, kind of process through that together. Third question, do you know what your spiritual gift is? And that'll be fun. How'd you learn what it is? And in what ways are you using it? So it's, and again, safe place, have conversations. Talk about those things, we're all growing, we're moving forward. Fourth one, um, Google one another passages. All right, so um, there are a bunch of, bunch of Bible passages that talk about how we're supposed to treat each other. So Google one another passages. If you don't have access to the internet, just read like the last half of Romans chapter 12. It talks an awful lot about how we're supposed to relate to each other. To, and find a list of the ways the Bible describes the attitudes, actions, Christian friends. Read a number of them. You're gonna bump into an argument of whether there's 58 or 59 of them. All right, I'm not getting into the argument, I don't know. But it'll take a little bit. You don't have to go through all 58 or 59, but read a number of them. What do you notice? Are you participating in these kinds of friendships? And particularly if you're having that conversation with a group of Christian friends, what does it look like for you, those of you who are talking about it, to take some next steps in becoming those kinds of people who carry each other's burdens? So I hope you'll have that conversation. I think it'll be a great thing for us. All right, so I would like to pray for us um, as we are dismissed. So would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Father, we are grateful for your peace. I pray that it invades our lives. We are thankful for your grace. I pray that we would receive it and stand in it. Thank you for the gift of, of Christian friends. I pray that we would be there for and with each other this week in ways that are next steps we've ever done before. Jesus, I know you have things for us. Our answer to you is yes. What you wanna give to us, we wanna receive. You are good, you are trustworthy, you are faithful, you are true, you are right, you are life itself, you are light, and we want and need those things. So our answer to you is yes, please, and we pray these things in your name, amen. Good to be with you guys. I love you. I will see you next weekend.